Are you owning your own life story? I think this is an excellent question to ask when we talk about empowerment. And empowerment, as you might know, is the whole topic of my third season of investigative selfism. So today, that's what I want to talk about. I want to ask this question and kind of deconstruct it, why it's important to ask, how we can ask it in healthy ways, and what sort of not to do within that question what would be the unhealthy ways to analyze it and what we can dangerously, <laughs> carelessly, by accident, kind of over-identify with. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being curious. And let me explain what I mean by this question and why, 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 why I think it's so important. So when I say, can you own or are you owning <laughs> your life story? your own narrative, sort of how you see yourself. What I mean is this simple notion that in psychology could be called integration, when instead of us rejecting certain parts, certain behaviors, certain habits, certain things that happened to us and certain things that we did, instead of rejecting that, we accept, we integrate, hence the word, which means that usually we have to use a lot of self-compassion, first of all, to even arrive at the conclusion that this is something that is important. And we have different kinds of therapies that would point to that. Uh, we have a type of therapy that is called internal family systems. I am a big fan of this approach that says that if we offer in certain parts of ourselves, certain uh, maybe memories or certain, well, behaviors in a way that are sort of frozen in time as a response to usually a traumatic event that has happened to us, if we orphan that, the healing cannot happen. Because we don't heal through rejection, we heal through integration. And I think this is, I mean, this is an oversimplification of this, this term, but I think this is where healing lies. And not only healing, I would say, but also empowerment. That's why I think it's such an important question to ask. So do you own the story of your life? Do you, do you connect the dots? Do you look at your life and you say, yep that happened yep I did that and this thing this pleasant thing this freaking unpleasant thing happened can we sort of stand in the middle of all of this and claim it I know this is a lot of what mindfulness in general and Buddhist psychology obviously talk about right it's not the acceptance in a way that everything's fine and I accept and or I uh, tolerate or I accept some kind of injustice or I say, you know, well, what can I do about it? So I'm just going to accept it. N not that helplessness, not that sort of um, lack of agency, but the acceptance in a way that says, yep, that too, that too happened, that too is a part of my life. But we have to ask, okay, what are the dangers? What are the potential dangers of engaging in that reflection or simply in asking that question and, and trying to sort of connect the dots to see our life story. And in this case, I think there are many, but I thought of a couple that I myself also have to navigate, not always successfully, not always successfully, and I'll give you some examples. But I think one danger in owning your own story, trying to sort of integrate everything is potentially over-identifying worth a single event or a single experience maybe in your life and let me give you an example 
And ironically, as I'm giving this example uh, in a podcast episode on the importance of sharing your story, I do feel the need to censor myself for I don't know what various reasons, but if this is the topic, I feel that that story needs to be shared. And that was a story that happened to me almost 10 years ago now. I was living in Palestine, doing some work that could be seen as political, because many things can be seen as political in Palestine, but the work was more uh, focused on youth and youth development. And uh, that is the work that uh, the government of Israel doesn't like people to do, and that government doesn't like a range of activities. Uh, painting a mural in Palestine, one of the refugee camps, could could be seen as, you know, problematic. So what to say about uh, anything that's a bit more than that? In the end, yeah, I had, uh, had issues. Uh, because of that, I had to leave the country in a, in a rather dramatic way. <laughs> anyway, I had to leave the country, uh, couldn't come back. My whole sort of uh, young person's life vision uh, was... Um, was arrested in a way and I had to not course correct but I had to find myself engaged in, in in slightly different activities for some time that time happened to be quite long until I came back to a similar work area and to, to the same region actually and you know when that happened it was very difficult it was very difficult for me not to focus my whole like you know my life story on that you know hey what's happening in your life this. Hey, how's your life in general? This. Hey, um, I don't know, if someone asked me, tell me more about your life, I would talk about this. I was so zoomed in on that experience that life became just a thing that has happened to me. I had to say I'm very proud how I went through the experience because this is my first time I will tell you when I realized that, oh my goodness, I'm so glad that I had my mindfulness practice. I'm so glad I was listening to these Buddhist talks that I don't shut up about till now because they showed me in that experience how important that is, how important it was in a very stressful situation where you have no control to manage your thoughts, to try to help others. So that experience was very, very impactful for me and my life till now. And it was a very interesting educational experience. But also, I was very zoomed in on that. And I think that maybe, maybe, maybe we've had it, let's say, um, let's say after a breakup, when our whole lives, it doesn't matter what we did 10 years ago, it doesn't matter what we did maybe five years ago, it doesn't matter what our hobbies are, the whole life becomes, this is my post-breakup time for example, or I'm in this situation. And we zoom in so much that we forget to integrate, to zoom out a little bit and say, this is not my whole life. It's a part of my life. It's a part of my life story, but it's not it. It can never be it. One experience, no matter how strong and impactful, it cannot define us. And of course, we have to talk about trauma here. I have to say that, of course, when things happen to us, when we're young, especially, it leaves an, an imprint in our nervous system, and then we just keep on reacting to things in the same way, how we reacted to them when the thing happened. I understand. But if we have the knowledge, if we ask this question, am I owning my life story? What is that story? It always has more points than just the point that's happening right now. And can we integrate those points without over-identifying with the current point, because it's not the only one, and there will be more points as well. So for me, not to over-identify with a certain 
um, experience or a certain feeling that's happening just now, I think that's very important when we talk about owning our life story. And another thing, I think another danger is not to over-identify with an experience that can be causing lots of shame. You know, an experience that we say, because of that, I am bad. Because of that, I am a horrible person. Because of that, I am a lovable. So not only we're over-identifying with certain experience, but then with the sense of shame, with the feeling, deep feeling, sometimes profound feeling of shame that we might be feeling. Because once again, that one experience, even if you did something pretty bad, that one experience doesn't define you. That is not your whole life story. And I think that's why it's so important to remember that and to do that work of integration, to zoom out, to look at ourselves with that compassion and that compassion, self-compassion, I think that's what leads to a lot of empowerment in a very beautiful, profound way. And the last danger I thought of, I'm not going to say that's the only one, but I think there is a danger, a risk of owning your story, but in a way that leads to more arrogance and defensiveness rather than anything else. So, for example, I'm traveling now at the moment, kind of more intensely than than usually, and I was thinking, wow, I've met recently some people who would tell you in the first five minutes, in the first ten minutes, their life story, what they're doing, they would talk about themselves, they might not ask you many questions, it's just this is me, this is my life story, this is what I'm doing, they will tell you that, which is, you know, fine, I guess. But if you call out a certain behavior that's uncool, if you call out a certain attitude that you think is uncool, they will go into that defensiveness. They will not say, huh, maybe, hmm, maybe my behavior can be perceived in more ways than just how I perceive it, you know? Maybe there are more <laughs> there are more points in my life story or those points are surrounded by some qualities that are, you know, not necessarily uncool, but they could be seen as something negative, negative by some people. So how to own our stories and allow for that space to analyze ourselves, to, to be curious about ourselves, to be curious about how we affect others, right? So it's not about owning our stories in a way that this is how I am and I'm very proud of it and this is the complete defined me, I've connected the dots. It really doesn't have to be like that. And I don't think that that leads to that personal development, to that healing, to that growth that we want to have. Because if owning your life story leads to you saying, well, that's just how I am, or being super defensive about some comments, I think that points to the fact that there's some work that we still need to do. And I do have an episode on just how not to take things personally with four tips, increasingly more profound, uh, of how we can approach it and what's the work we can do and how to do it. So I will link to that as well, since I've mentioned it. So owning your life story and doing that in a way that leads to more insights, to more personal development, to more growth, to more healing and to more empowerment that I think stems from that. I think it's so important. And all the things I've mentioned, right, all these dangers, am I guilty of some of them or all of them? Oh, I'm so guilty of all of that. I'm so guilty of all that. But that's why we need that awareness. That's why we need that mindfulness. So we catch ourselves and we say, ooh, okay, this is not serving us. But what does serve us 
is owning the life story in a way that's healthy. So I hope you to engage in some good, profound reflection. I hope you take the time or maybe just listen to this episode. Maybe it uh, uh, sparks some thoughts and maybe it inspires you to continue being on that path of self-knowledge, that investigative selfism, as I call it, and not to be afraid of a journey that can be sometimes very uncomfortable, difficult, yes, because I think that without that, we cannot talk about empowerment. And if we don't want to talk about it in a superficial, kind of easy way, this is what we need to talk about. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being curious, and I'll see you soon.